Welcome to Philadelphia Sports Radio. We're on episode three. We got the Eagles taking on the Giants this week. Uh, some of the lines that have come out for the game. Eagles open as seven and a half point favorites. Uh, the total points uh, over under is 48 and a half. And the one I found surprising right now is Jalen Hurts over under is 243 and a half for passing yards. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think Jalen's going to have a big game in the air? Or I honestly think this week is going to be a little more of him showing that run again. I, I see it coming that he's going to pull the ball more. Um, I know they, he said this week he's got a bounty on him going in every game because of that shoulder. People want to take him out. Um, I think he's going to prove something this week. So what do you guys think? What do you think Jalen Hurts is going to do against the Giants here? I agree with you, dude. I mean, I think they definitely need to utilize him as a rusher um, for sure because, I mean, last week it didn't really work out with him throwing. I mean, his shoulder is injured, but I 100% agree with you. They need to utilize him as a rusher if they're going to win this game. Yeah, I, I would have to disagree and just because I don't think that we should really be rush, running Jalen coming off of a shoulder injury where he's still kind of banged up. I uh, in games that Miles Sanders has ran the ball over fifteen times, we're eight and one in those games. And the game that we lost was a game played when Gardner Minshew was a starter. I think we we lean on Miles Sanders a, a good bit in this game. Boston Scott always plays big against the Giants, but I know that the Giants aren't scared of him. I read that they're they're ready for Boston Scott. It has to be, yeah, I can see Jalen maybe getting 10 carries, but smart carries, you know, not where he's putting himself at risk. With Philadelphia this week, there was a lot of training with Hurts, how they have him now going and bracing, training him to brace for his falls on impact. So I can see him getting the 10 carries, but at the same time, it has to be a Miles Sanders game. The secondary for the Giants isn't the best. Like, Adoree Jackson's good decent but they're not really the best Xavier McKinney I like him but I, I it has to be a throwing game you know you got to come out slinging so that's my take on that yeah I think uh, what we saw what, what we saw uh last week when the Eagles played the Giants uh you know it wasn't a playoff game but the Eagles were playing it like it was a playoff game you know they needed to win that to get to one seed um but we saw we saw Jalen Hurts he didn't. He didn't really like look like himself running the ball. When he got when he got out of the pocket, he either threw it away or he slid when a, a guy came within five yards of him. And I, I think he'll probably do some of that. He might be a little more aggressive, but he's definitely not trying to take any hits. So I could see, I could see him like being more of a pocket passer this week, and I could see the Eagles handing the ball off more. Um, but yeah, I could I could see them I could see them taking shots down the field to AJ and Devontae. Um, but yeah, I think they'll want to establish the run game for sure with the running backs. And if that doesn't work, then they'll have to go. They'll have to rely on Jalen. See, I'm really thinking that uh, I think Dallas Goddard is really going to have a huge game this week, mainly because I think. The Giants are going to mostly focus on Devontae Smith and AJ AJ Brown, which is it's fine, but it really depends on what kind of coverages they're running. And I think if Jalen Hurts like does those checkdowns to Sanders and Scott, that'll help him out if he doesn't have to escape the pocket. And like Ethan said, if he he didn't look like himself uh, against the Giants uh, in Week 18, but yeah, if they give the ball to Sanders, Scott, and Goddard, I think they're going to look pretty solid. Yeah, and coming with See, the offseason coming up too, Sanders needs to play big, you know. So there, it, it like you know to give him the ball because this these might be his final games as an Eagle. And like I said before, he's not playing for just Philly right now. He's playing for thirty one other teams that can go and and pay him that money. See, I think – go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Lori. All right. Um, see, I think everything that Cam said 
like I agree with for sure, but I think Devontae Smith is going to be the one that has the big game because I think they're going to end up doubling AJ. That leaves Devontae more opportunities to find the holes in that defense and get more passes, you know what I mean? And he's a killer, dude. You know, his past seven games, he's been going off. He hasn't really played that good against the Giants, though. The last two games against the Giants, I think he only had, like, 67 yards. He might have had a touchdown in one of them. Um, and he had, like, not even 14 receptions total. So I definitely think he has something to prove against that Giants secondary this week, especially given that it's playoffs and considering what he's been doing the past couple weeks besides in this Giants game last week, that he definitely has something to prove. See, why the reason I think Jalen Hurts has a little bit more of a rushing game all depends on two things. Um, how close this game is. If this game is a seven-point game, three-point game, it's playoffs. So you, it's any given Sunday at this point. Like, you, you know, you, go, you win or go home. So Giants are going to throw the kitchen chair at us. They're going to throw the chair. They're going to throw the sink. They're going to throw everything at us. Whatever they have sitting in that back pocket, they will find it and they will put it out on the field. If this game is close, Jalen Hurts is going to take it into his own hands. We've seen it multiple times throughout the season where the offense looks a little bit uh, stagnant, a little slow, and then Jalen Hurts says, screw it. I am taking the rock. I'm running. I'm, you know, throwing darts, you know but I'm going to take it into my own hands. And this game is going to either be if I don't perform well, the team loses. If I perform well, then we move on. And I think that's what's going to happen is Jalen's going to become Mm -hmm. that leader, that guy in Philadelphia that we've been looking for. And I think he's going to be like, all right, time to put this team on my back and, uh, you know, show the world what I got. And I think he's going to try and make, a case, you know, for to prove to other people like that 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 game against the Giants was a fluke, you know. So, I think Garner Minshew played a big role in that, though. Like when uh, I said it a couple of weeks ago, when uh, Hertz was looking up at the scoreboard, and you could just tell, like, hey, if I was in this game, I would be tearing it up. So I completely agree with you with that. He'll take this into his own hands if they're down, or if, even if it's a close game, 100%. He'll, he'll do what it takes to get the job done. I, I think there's three aspects of this game that – three critical points that determine if the Eagles make this – have it as a close game, a blowout, or, you know, or they lose it. it it's coming down to three people. Or not three people, but three – groups first off it comes down to jalen hurts if he plays like he's played all season i have no worries then on the offensive side at all the defensive line a week ago or two weeks ago when we played the giants struggled to get to the quarterback they didn't have any sacks outside of two trick plays so Mm. you know they they didn't really step up. That's something they got to step up against Daniel Jones. The last person, and it all depends on who's starting. If Avante Maddox is out, whoever is starting in that nickel corner slot, which I believe last week we had as Reed Blankenship instead of Josiah Scott, which I, I like that better. Um, if he performs well, this game's over. It's a blowout. But if he's if he plays lost, if he plays uh, hesitant, which he hasn't shown that he does that yet, um, but if he does hesitate, I think you're going to see Saquon out of the backfield on passes a little bit more. You're going to see those short out routes doing some damage. It all comes down to how Reed Blankenship plays that nickel corner slot. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think, too, that in order for the Giants to necessarily win this game, that they have to give Saquon the ball a lot if they want to win this game. They have to tie our front seven out. Like I said, we sub in a lot on our defensive line, so that helps us a lot. But if you can establish a run against Philly and you're able to take the – 
their D line make them tired? Because I know Graham, he missed practice because he was dealing with an illness or whatnot. Uh, Maddox, he didn't he didn't participate. He's still uh, not participating in practice because of his toe. Lane Johnson, he was limited. And Linval Joseph, he was limited. Linval is not really that big of an impact for us to miss, but he's a very good run stopper. So having him in the middle of the D-line is crucial, especially with Jordan Davis maybe not being as conditioned because of injury this season and limited snaps. But Daniel Jones, he had a very good week last week, 24-35, 301, two tutties. You know, I think he had like 78-2 on the ground. So he's been he's been a running factor now, and I think Philly uh, has to limit limit him and contain him in that because Daniel Jones is a very good running quarterback, which now we're seeing, to which might help his case as a for an extension. With with New York being said, I'm not taking this game lightly at all because it could be a trap game, a hundred percent. And with Daniel Jones and Saquon. Both this both could possibly be their final game in a Giants uniform. So, you know, I think Daniel Jones has to come out. He can't play a mediocre game. You know, there if if they lose and it's on the defense, that's one thing. But if this offense comes out dry and they don't make any spark to even put up a fight against Philly's defense, both teams are now healthy. You know, we're healthy enough. We have CJ back too. But I mean, this is this is the playoffs, like you said. You know, this is win or go home up until August, September, August. You know, but it's it's going to be crucial. Miles Sanders, week fourteen, he rushed for a buck forty four against them, two touchdowns. This is a game that Philly cannot take lightly. They don't have really that many weapons on offense besides Saquon, but that Isaiah Hodgins has played. He played a very big game. You know, he had eight, eight catches, 105 yards. Who was he before this? You know, so, I mean, Bradbury, all pro. Slay, top paid corner in the league, top 10 corner at the end, finishing the end of the season. It, it, they're going to be shut down. They're going to be shut down. There's no way around it. What Cam said about Goddard having that big game is because, yeah, they're going to be tied in on Brown and, and Devontae. So, with a guy like Jalen Smith – as their starting linebacker, who's going to be necessarily covered in Goddard, it's he's we read about him. He's the reason he didn't pan out in Dallas was because out of Notre Dame he tore his ACL two times, so he lost a step with speed and covering. He's not able to get field to sideline to sideline as quick as he once was in college. That could be a big advantage we have to take care of. Landon Collins, he drops down now. He plays uh, from his in his his normal safety role. He's more of a hybrid linebacker. So if they want it, the only way I can see Goddard getting stopped is if they bring Xavier McKinney down to cover him because Landon Collins isn't a pass-covering linebacker hybrid. He's more of that run stopper. Talking about run stoppers, what do you think about um, Philly not rushing up the middle as much, man? Because I think this game – You'd have to run up, rush up the middle to stop Saquon in this game. He's too elusive. You can't chance it. He could go off for 200 yards. You know what I mean? He's just he's a gifted running back, and in order to stop him, you need to rush up the middle. I think Hassan well, Reddick's gonna torture Daniel Jones. Well, I think like um, there's uh, if like the first time we played the Giants, they Saquon could not run at all. He couldn't find a rushing lane. That's why the game was such a blowout. If the so each team has shown what the how to beat each other. Like they have we haven't shown it to each other, but we've shown it to the rest of the world. The way to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, create turnovers, don't turn over the ball, and control time of possession. Those are the three keys. If you beat, if you want to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, you got to control those three things. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, if you want to beat the New York Giants, I think it's a really easy, easy layout for us. You jump out to a big lead. They have not been able to overcome that this year. 
at all. If they are down double digits late, like third quarter, stuff like that, that's when Daniel Jones is supposed to step up. Like when we look at Jalen Hurts, he can do it. But Daniel Jones this season, he has shown he can win the one-score games because it's one score and he, he feels confident in that. But mounting a comeback, he has not shown the ability to do it. And that's – if you can take Saquon out of the equation from his rushing standpoint, they, the Giants' offense is very, very bleak. I understand their wide receivers have been looking a lot better later in the season, but still, they're not – they're not Pro Bowl wide receivers. They're guys who on some teams would not be on the active roster. Like, I don't know if uh, Isaiah Hodgins would be active on the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver roster. I mean, maybe with the numbers he's put up in the past couple weeks, but, like, we've got Zach Paschal, Quez Watkins, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, like, and – like I think guys like Greg Ward are like still sitting around down there, you yeah, know. The so like, one. so like if you if you can get Daniel Jones to have to pass the ball more than they are rushing the ball, that game is over and it's going to be the exact same score that was in what week eight or something like that. Fourteen, I think we played them the first time. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My bad on that one. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, definitely, I, think that's what, I think that's what both teams, what their goals are coming into this game is to control the ball, control the time of possession. Because we've seen it in all three of the Eagles' losses. They, they've gone three and out multiple times in the first half. The other team gets their running game going. They tire out the defensive line. And then after a while, the defensive line just – they're tired and they can't stop to run and we we see that the opponents they they get eight to nine yards a run and at that point there's not much you can do on the defense side of the ball so yeah i think uh that, that's that's definitely i think that'll be the determining factor on who wins this game is who has the ball longest and who doesn't turn the ball over yeah, and we've seen we've seen now too with uh, an emerging star towards the end of the season for them, which he's been making headlines all over the last uh, three to five weeks is Thibodeau, oh, yeah. their rookie edge rusher. That's what I'm Monster. a little worried about with with our line, with maybe Lane Johnson not being as healthy as as usual. Malata, he's uh, he's a stud, but at the same time, this guy has been causing ha- ha- chaos, you know. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams, I, I'm not going to say he's a star, but Dexter Lawrence is a very good D-tackle. It's it's going to be crucial uh, to beat Philadelphia this week. I think that they need to make – well, it's kind of obvious. They need to make Hurts very uncomfortable and ex- exploit his aggressiveness. In the, in the beginning of the season and the middle, middle of the season, Hurts was very aggressive with throwing the ball. Deep shots – they need to keep him out of throwing in the middle of the field, but that's where we we are good. So if the Giants can keep him out in the middle of the field, then you know, and, and force him to make uncomfortable throws where his shoulder isn't there, because I don't is it? It's not his throwing shoulder, is it? It is. It is. Yeah. So if they have him throwing sideline to sideline from the middle of the field to the sideline, they have to make him uncomfortable. It's and this is a big game too for Nick Sirianni. You know, this is showing you in your must-win games because right now the Giants are not supposed to beat us. It's just how it is. Now maybe Dallas and San Fran, but the Giants are not supposed to beat Philadelphia at all. But this is a game that hey, coaching is going to play a huge role. Are we going to just stick with the RPOs like usual? I don't think so. I think we limit that to where we get under center a little bit more, run that way, because you don't want Hurts taking off 15 to 20 times this game and, and risking him hurt for the rest of the postseason. This is a game to where he has to be limited running, 
get him comfortable now throwing that ball. You know, 243, if, if that was what they have him at, I can see, I can see it too. If he throws the ball at least twenty-five, obviously thirty times, if he does, I can see him throwing for two fifty to three hundred, just to get him back into the groove. We're gonna need him to be able to throw in these next couple weeks. It just has to happen. And being being off for however many weeks he was, and then coming back for the Giants game. You played second stringers and third string players. You know, you didn't look that hot, but you were coming off of an injury. Throwing the ball, he didn't look that hot either, like Ethan said. So, I mean, he's he's a little rusty right now, and that's what I'm nervous about is, is what he did against the Giants second and third team and then coming in now to play their legitimate starters that, like I said, it's the playoffs, it's win or go home. And Hertz has to step up. I'm just nervous about having this two weeks off, even though I wanted that for him to get healthy. But there's a lot of rust that's still there because I don't <clears> think he took the rust off in that week 18 game or week, yeah, week 18. Yeah, I, I think this game, it's either going to be the downfall of Jalen Hurts' season and his shoulder injury, or it's going to be, you know, right back to MVP caliber. MVP status. Yeah. Because the Giants' defense, they're they're playing really good, and like their yeah. secondary, their secondary has stepped up, and like recently, like last week they held Justin Jefferson to forty-seven yards. Like not many teams can do that. No. And yeah, uh, T.J. Hawkinson went off, and that's one reason I think Goddard could go off too. Mm. You know, I, I feel like their linebacker, their linebacker core is probably their one weak spot on defense. I mean, I, I like I like their corners. So Dory Jackson, uh, I like him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. There's a reason he got paid. Yeah, you Maybe know, another solid player. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think definitely looking looking for easy throws like over the middle to Goddard and AJ. I feel like that's going to be their bread and butter this week. I definitely yeah, I agree with you because, especially because AJ Brown, man, they say that he's the he runs the best slants in the NFL, and like you said about the linebackers, man, that middle space, if he's running that slant, dude, and you just throw the ball to him real quick. He can exploit that every time. Dory Jackson is a very good corner, but at the end of the day, it's who are you gonna cover? You know, because you can't double AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. You know what I mean? You, if you double one of them, the other one's gonna go off. If you double both, you can't double both of them. And Dallas Goddard, like you said about TJ Hawkinson, um, Dallas Goddard does have a very well chance to go off. Um, I think he has a lot to prove, too, coming off that injury and stuff like that. Um, and it's playoffs, man. He's, I think, I would argue that he's probably a top six tight end, maybe even higher. Or you could probably argue that he's better, honestly, maybe even five. But, um, and Jalen Hurts, too, dude. How Ethan said it was all or nothing. This is absolutely all or nothing, dude, because if he plays like he did in week 18 and doesn't throw the ball well, isn't really making the best decisions, and just that hurt shoulder, man. He has had two weeks to rest, but it's it's playoffs, dude. It's all or nothing. You got to perform at your best, and he was playing very well before he got hurt. If we can get that Jalen Hurts back for the playoffs, I think we'll be perfectly fine. I think I it think also depends we, on how the line does, okay. though. Like the line, the line is not one hundred percent healthy. They got Lane Johnson back this week, but like that's huge. How many how many snaps is he actually going to play? I mean, I, I'm hoping that he's upper ninety percent, you know. But like, if he's like injured, injured, like it's going to limit that. And if we have his backup in there, which is not looking too sweet, I think it also depends on how the line does and how Hertz is going to play. I think that really affects it. Going we back talked to about the Bodiacs too. Go ahead, Bubbles. I was going to say, we talked about how, like, uh, we're like um, if they're able to run the ball, it's going to tire out our defense and our defensive line. Um, I don't know if you guys realize this, but this week we have a huge opportunity to bring back an all-pro from the IR. He's been practic he practiced a little bit today. Um Robert Quinn. If that man is healthy, 
and on the field, I don't know how you stop that defensive line because you got to go up against all pro Hassan Reddick, former all pro Robert Quinn, all pro um, Brandon Graham. And then you have inside guys like Limbaugh Joseph, Nadama Kansu, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis. How do you stop that defensive line, especially now that we're bringing in another player that was injured? So now that it's going to be even more of a rotation and the best, like the people who are um, tired, they get a chance to come out of this game and we're not losing that much of talent off of the field. That's, that's insane. That's something that gives me hope that we are a full on Super Bowl contender is the fact that we have four defensive ends that could come in. We have four defensive linemen that could come in. They're always going to be fresh. They're not going to be tired this game. And especially in front of that Philly home crowd, I, I, don't, I don't know how. It's going to be a tough matchup. But I think Daniel Jones is going to struggle in Philadelphia. It's a different atmosphere than Minnesota was. I could tell you that. I see a strip sack coming from Hassan Reddick, dude. I'm calling it right now. Ethan, who's Great. who's uh, the guy that the Giants drafted last year? There, he's an All Pro, I think, tackle now, right? Who? Evan Neal. Oh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because three, yeah. two or three years ago, when Daniel Jones was the first was first coming into the league, their line sucked. They had Nate Soldier, mm-hmm. who took a big decline, but now their line's like all right. Like they built around them, and then drafting yeah. that guy, he's really good. Mm-hmm. And that's and he's he's a right tackle, right? So that's yeah. where Reddick's going to be coming off of. I I want your guys' take on this though, because now with knowing our cap space and a big free agent that we might be losing, Miles Sanders. I love Philly. Just bring me back. That's what he said. So, do we bring him back? In your guys' opinions, or they cannot afford him. There's no way after the year he's had, there's no way they could afford him. It also depends on what he asks. That's what I was just saying. That's true, but I don't think think it's going to be cheap. And we're up there with cap space. I don't think it's going to be cheap either, but I think it'll probably be around like the 16 mil a year. That's yeah, too much I, for a running back in Philly, to be honest with you. I think that's what he's going to ask for. I think that's way too much. But yeah. if, he, if he really wants to stay in Philly that bad. He might take a cut. Yeah, maybe like a yeah, one, two-year deal. I could see what I could see happening is the one or two-year deal. But at the same time, like I said, he's not performing for just Philly in these last couple of games, he's performing for all 32 teams or th- yeah, 32 teams in the beginning of the season. What happened was one of his coaches came up to him. I think it was the running back coach. and was like, Hey miles, listen, we know you're on a contract here this year. You're not just, I know you love Philly, but you're not just performing for Philly. There's 31 other teams out there that are looking at you and knowing that you, <laughs> there's value to you. If you have this big season and healthy season, because they told him coming into the season how they, they want to actually go and see if he's worth it. Nobody expected Miles to go and break, <clears throat> the, break a thousand. They didn't expect that. They thought, all right, you know, he's going to come in, get 600 or eight, six to 800 yards, and we can get him on a little like six to eight million dollar deal. But then he had this big season and, and he just stepped his game up, which he, he, in all means, he deserves that money, you know, and. I like Miles Sanders a lot. I know Ethan does with him being a Penn State student and Miles graduating and playing for the Nittany Lions. I, w- I wish Miles can come back, but at the same time, like any running back can come, honestly, can come into Philly and do what he's doing. Like, I'm not going to go and bash him. It's hard to hit a thousand yards in the NFL, but a lot of running backs can actually play in Philly system. It's designed as a running team, you know, but I guess, I guess we'll see. Time will tell where Miles stands with Philly, you know. Yeah, I feel like the Eagles running back position is honestly one of the easiest 
skilled positions to play because mm-hmm. like they really they i mean he miles sanders he gets what maybe like 12 13 carries a game yeah and he, he's not asked to do much in terms of blocking i mean most, most of the time he's either running around or boston scott's in for the third down plays yeah so, gainwell took a, a what happened to him this year i know uh, they just i don't i don't know they they like boston scott yeah but, well, Scott's so, a free agent too. I don't know. Some some games they had they had gained well in the rotation more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I guess it's just whatever the game plan is that week. Whoever fits their their scheme more. Yeah, I would have. So I my question: like to see them use uh, Trey Sermon a little bit more. Yeah, or at all. Mm, yeah. So God, my question it. is: is if uh, if Miles Sanders doesn't come back to Philly. Where do you think he would end up? I think, in my personal opinion, there is a team that really matches what Miles Sanders is about um, as a runner. And they're going to be looking for some interesting prospects to bring in. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, like these older backs that aren't good. They had one of the worst rushing attacks in the league this year. They're going to be looking, and if they lose Tom Brady, they're going to look for a kind of a star to help them out. And I think Miles Sanders would be a good fit in Tampa Bay, especially if that line is healthy. See, I, I don't agree with you, Bubbles, because uh, they, have, White. they have Richard White, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he looked, pretty, he looked pretty good for what he could on the worst rushing team in the NFL. Yeah. But he, he, he's a dual threat back. He's He reminds me of Tony Pollard, honestly. But, uh, yeah, I could, I could see him – I could see Miles Sanders going to Chicago for some reason. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery, this is last year of his deal. Uh, so who knows what they're going to do with him. And they'd probably be looking forward to getting – you know, like a quality running back, a franchise running back. Yeah, big talks with Saquon going there. Yeah, I I, I think Saquon's definitely staying in in New York. Yeah, definitely. They'll franchise tag him. Yeah. And And I think think his time's up in Chicago. So (laughs) they could be be looking for a new running back. I feel like like Miles would fit that team. Where I could see Miles going? Pittsburgh? Yeah, what's Najee Harris gonna do? Like, is he, like, what what is he looking like? I don't know when he's, when, when he was drafted. Well, he still he has. I believe he still has another year on his contract. Yeah, it's like before two, they two have or, to look at a fourth year option. Okay, mm. I still um, think it would be Pittsburgh though. I think that would be a good fit for him, being in that system, and he's from know, Pittsburgh. So, you know where is I can it? see him going, man. There's two places, either the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs. And the reason why is because the Chiefs don't really have a big threat weapon besides Travis Kelsey. You know what I mean? If they had a good running back, they would be great. And same thing with the Buffalo Bills, man. Like they don't they're not really too committed to Devin Singletary or James Cook's not in all the time either. And they <clears throat> have a decent amount of cap space, actually. Dude, they can afford Miles Sanders. And if Imagine if Miles Sanders was on that offense, what the Buffalo Bills would do if they had a better running back than Devil than Devin Singletary or James Cook. See, I don't, I also, think, I don't think either of those teams are looking to sign a running back. I don't think that they're already great with what they have. Yeah, and Kansas City like, has no cap. Yeah. I feel uh, I feel like Devin Singletary and James Cook, they fill their roles pretty well. Mm. I think there is there is one other team that loves to sign former Eagles, and that's the New England Patriots. I mean, they do have Ramondre Stevenson yeah, and I don't, uh, I don't see Damian that. Harris, but both of them did not put up good numbers, and that line is not that bad. Like, I understand, like, you have Matt – or um, what's his name as the offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. Yeah, yeah, yeah I understand. He's horrible. Yeah, but, he's a defensive coordinator. That's what he should be. But there is definitely a chance. Like, I mean, don't consider it 
off the table to see Bill Belichick sign a good running back when, I mean, they don't have a clue what their answer is at quarterback currently because uh, I just seen a quote that um, Mac Jones and uh, Bill have been like really button heads and that might be, that might lead to Mac Jones being dished out somewhere. And yeah. if you don't have a quarterback, you're going to want a solid running back that's better than Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. That's, I believe, uh, Miles Sanders is light years ahead of those two right now. And if you can pick up a solid running back from the Philadelphia Eagles, I know Bill Belichick, and that's what he does. He loves signing former Eagles. I can see they play the roles good too. This is what I could see happening: is there's going to be a guy that's a free agent that's going to be looking for a boatload of money, and I don't know if they're going to be paying him. I could see maybe, and he was rumored to be in come to Philly, but we're not going to obviously dish out that money. I could see Miles Sanders going and being a Las Vegas Raider. I was going to say that next, and and also I can see him going. To Baltimore, even. I could see J.K. Dobbins possibly actually getting dished out at our first remarks that he said last week after the loss. That if Oh, if we have Lamar or he's like, why, why ain't I in? It's the playoffs I should be in. A little conceited in a way. I can see they're more of a needing a flexible, shifty running back to where Miles could fit that role, which Baltimore, they don't really play like Philly's offense, but they – Kind of, there's there's a lot of similarities between Baltimore and Philly's offense, but Hertz is better at throwing than Lamar is. So I could see him possibly either being a Raven or a Raider. And I think the Raiders are definitely going to need a running back. They're definitely going to need that running back. If, if Carr's gone, which that's a definite, we already know that, they're not going to draft a running back in the top uh, set in their seventh pick or whatever. So. It makes a lot of sense for him to go to Las Vegas just because, and that's another that's another city, dude. That's high quality. That's where you want to go and play to market yourself more as well. So that's key for free agents to be like, oh, you know, bring me to Las Vegas. I want to live in the big city. So Las Vegas, I can see that happening. And if they get if they get Rogers, Brady, Garoppolo, whoever it is. They're going to want to be keyed in on, especially Tom Brady, if he goes there, because we know he likes having a receiving running back. And just now declining in age, you got to give Tom Brady that kind of break to where he's not throwing 30 times a game, you know, and he's not throwing downfield. So if you're going to go and bring Tom Brady, you are already have the appealing factors for Tom Brady to go there with Renfro as like an Edelman, Waller, which is like his Gronk, but Waller's a top three tight end when healthy. This season, he's probably like not really that talked about because he wasn't healthy. Yeah, Yeah, and you have then Devontae Adams. You give him a a receiving core like that, and all you need, though, is that appealing running back that can come in and be like, hey, Tom, you know. So I could see him being a Raider, definitely. My thing is going off of that too. I want to know your guys' uh, things because there's a big thing about uh, the rest of the league now is going around saying about they want to remove the Philly quarterback sneak by having all those guys behind pushing. Uh, we converted 92% of the time, I believe. And I was reading that all the teams, team owners have got together with the officials of the NFL, the boards, and are saying, hey, we want to get rid of this. I don't think you get rid of it. It's a game. It's a and that's just who who's stronger, man. It's who got the big, bigger push. And Philly, dude, why they're converting it so much is because they're right up to the line. They're not in the huddle, messing around and then walking up slowly. They're coming in, even if it's in the huddle. They're all sprinting right there, and it's just right on go. Right when that silent count goes, boom, they're all just going right in. If you can't execute that. You know, then if Philly's doing it, how isn't every NFL team learning, all right, this is how we should do it? Exactly. Stack the box, then stack the line and stop it. You know, just because something's working 
in the NFL, how are you going to take that away from someone? They went and learned that and practiced it all year to where it's executing. They found a, a loophole, you know, like I, I feel that's a little like BS. Yeah, but I feel like taking away the West Coast offense, to be perfectly honest with you, that's exactly what it is because it's taking away a different aspect of the game. You know, like other teams don't prep for it. I mean, I don't know. It's ridiculous to me. Like, it is what it is, though. If they want to get rid of it, get rid of it. They're just upset about it. Yeah, I definitely think that's crazy, dude. Like Luke said, man, they run that play in practice, and especially – it, what did you say they converted it ninety two percent of times? That's yeah. really good, man. Like and like they're practicing that play all the time in practice. Like they have a good quarterback running it. They're obviously going to be good at it. For owners to get together and say that they're going to take that out baffles me. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like Cam said, yeah, hurt hurt squat six hundred pounds, dude. You know what I He's mean? It's not just dude. it's not just him. It's not just the guys behind him giving him that push, but. At the same time, if you're an NFL team, you know when it's fourth and one, Sirianni's just like Peterson was. They're coming in aggressive on fourth downs. Like, dude, we've seen them going for it on our own, like, 25, 30-yard line sometimes when we're when the game's a close game. You are an NFL team. You have the highest of staff members that you possibly could. How are you not game planning then against Philly Hay? Let's work on this in practice. Let's have our our practice squad come in as the offense, and let's see our defense. Let's find ways to stop it then. You can't take it out. Like That's just something that if Philly's executing that at a high level and they thought of it, then why don't, why don't the rest of the 31 NFL teams try running it? Yeah, why don't you try to run it the same way that Philly yeah. runs it then? Yeah, it's, I it's just 100% agree. There's one team – one team that I can think of off the top of my head that we played this year and we ran that quarterback sneak against and it didn't work with Jalen Hurts. That was against the Green Bay Packers. You like in the wise words of Jason Kelsey here, you know what's coming. Stop it. Stop the stop that run. If you can stop it, then hey, we're gonna stop running it. Because it's not going to work. But if we're going to line up in this and you're going to still put two defensive nose tackles up, up up on the center and not put a linebacker right behind them and not put another linebacker right behind it, if you're not going to do it, then don't complain about it. Because you're not taking the right measures like the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers said we're sick of seeing it. So they put a linebacker right above the center, a linebacker flying off the edge. And guess what? As soon as that snap went, there was no movement. And then you have this edge rusher flying around and would pull Jalen Hurts back. Mm. And we wouldn't convert. If you if you want something to stop, if you want it's just like that bully thing. If you want somebody to stop bullying you, bully them back. Yeah. They're gonna stop. Like if you want the Eagles to stop running that play, stop them. Because then they're gonna have they're gonna be forced of hand that it's not working and that they can they're gonna have to go do something else. So if you want it gone from the game, stop it. That's yeah. that's fine. What I what I like them running too is like how then they have everyone pinched in the middle like the defense, and then I forget what team we played, but then. Everyone cr- crashed in on the middle, and Hurts like went uh, behind in between the guard and the tackle. It's just a good tactic to use. Like if everyone's ready for the middle rush, then we're able to go between the, the guard and tight end, or the guard and tackle, or the tackle and tight end and guard or tackle, and run it like that. It's just I think they they just try and find every way for Philly not to necessarily get this. What I want uh, with your guys' take, so say Philly comes in on this. Say we come in, we beat the Giants, right? What team, obviously I can see the Cowboys upset and Purdy because for ratings, but what team do we not necessarily want to play this next week? Is it San Fran or is it the Cowboys? I say I don't want to see San Fran because 
don't get me wrong, I'm not afraid of their offense. Yes, it's nice and flashy. It's got all these nice moving parts. But, you know, you can run on a busted wheel for a while. But at some point, that wheel that you got ain't going to work no more. And that's Brock Purdy. He's undefeated so far. The big, big shot. And everyone's saying, well, it's most likely because of all these weapons he has. If they come into Philadelphia, I'm not worried about that offense. I'm worried about that defense. defense. Baby. That defense is insane. They play, they play with no hesitation. Fred Warner, I love Fred Warner. I was just going to say that. Fred Warner is a heat-seeking missile. He will find you. If you have the ball, it doesn't matter if you're Boston Scott, who's a little short little fella, or you got A.J. Brown. He will find you, and he is going to lay a hit on you. They are a non-hesitant defense, and that's what makes them good. The other thing is, is I want to see Dallas. I want Dallas. I want them. Bring them into Philadelphia, into a playoff atmosphere. I wish you luck at that point. I, I like. I feel like that would be the best NFC Championship game in years. Of all time. Of all time. In years. Yeah. And I think it would come down to the wire, but I think that that atmosphere would just be something else, something you can't find anywhere else. And it's going to be something that if – Dak's throwing interceptions. I like. I'm not scared of Dak Prescott. Yeah, he looked good oh, a couple no. weeks ago, on, or about a month ago on Christmas Eve against our backup quarterback. But if he's out, if he throws in pick or two picks or fumbles the ball, that stadium will not shut up. Yeah, no. And, He'll never – it will be such a shit show after that that I – if it would be a different story when San Francisco comes in because it would be not as heated as a rivalry. But with a chance to knock Dallas after all the crap they said this year with Lawrence saying, oh, is it is it Hurts uh, or is it – or no, that was Micah who said, is it Hurts or is it the team? Uh, Lawrence said – um that they we have when we were doing well. Oh, Jalen hasn't seen us. They all they did all season was talk about us, talk about us. And I think that's going to come back around and bite them in the in the ass because our players are going to be like they talked that crap all year. Let's let's just show it to them, eliminate them from playoffs, send them home, and let's go on our merry way. I want Dallas. That's final. I don't really want to see San Fran. Yeah, I think that would be a perfect ending to the playoffs, to the season. If Philly beats beat Dallas after all this year, after both those teams have been so competitive and so at each other's throats, I feel like I feel like that's a matchup we all want to see. But I, I definitely, in terms of Philly winning, yeah, I'd definitely rather Dallas. Because San Fran, man, they are scary. Yeah, they're on a roll. And that's the scariest defense in the NFL, in my opinion. That front seven is nuts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, I forgot to throw this in. The re another reason I want Dallas to beat San Fran is because no team all season has went the next week and won. Every team has lost after they played the San Francisco 49ers, whether it was a win or a loss. Yeah, I think it's like teams teams that play San Fran the next week, they're like 0-15 or something like that. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, people are saying, oh, that's like a dumb trend, a dumb stat or whatever. No, because that shows that a team's coming in, they are physically going to, like, manhandle. They're going to have their way at times. But they're going to lay a beating on you whether you win or lose. And if you got to play next week, good luck because you're going to hobble over to that next week. Well, I'd even with the trend, they're like, yeah, even with the trend, 
even with the trend though, the Cowboys were seven and or Brady was seven and zero against the Cowboys. You know, so maybe they That's go in and yeah, may you you don't know. Maybe they come in and put another one where a zero was. Yeah, but this this that's that's like a different story. This is one of Brady's. Yeah, first obviously years. the Bucks Bucks weren't really nothing this year. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see the 49ers, dude. Um, I'm gonna be rooting for Dallas to beat them this week because if there's no way in hell you cannot tell me for one second that the Dallas Cowboys will come into Philadelphia with the NFC Championship on the line. And beat them in that atmosphere. Their atmosphere will not happen. I don't care what anyone says, dude. That city will be way too fired up for Dak Prescott. There's no way it'll be so loud in there, dude. There's no chance. Yeah, I don't see anyone really wanting to come to Philly and play that game. But absolutely, I mean, not. you have to. At that point, if Philly wins, you have to. You're an NFL team. I think that the NFL wants it to be. Dallas and Philly, just because that would bring all the ratings. I think Dallas and the Bucks just put up the most um, highest like watched playoff game of all time, or this something like that, or the most watched game this season they were last week. Wow. Going off that, do any of you have anything else to say about the Eagles? Go Birds, one and all. Yeah, I'm predicting. I'm gonna predict a 31-17 victory, Philly. What about you guys? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twenty three twenty birds. Solid bubbles. Um, I'll go. I'm going a little bit more of a blowout standpoint. I'm looking at thirty eight fourteen with victory for the birds. I'm gonna go thirty one seventeen birds. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with Luke here. I think thirty one seventeen is a solid score. Yeah. So what? All three of us are saying thirty-one seventeen. Yeah, yeah, bro. I mean, it's a good yeah. score. <laughs> That's a on the box. One. And we're, yeah, I'm saying it here first too. Hassan Reddick strip sack on Daniel Jones. It's coming. Uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say hurts hurts two two total tutties this game. One throwing, one rushing. Going off of Philadelphia, Ethan. Do you got anything uh, this week with news with the Sixers? Uh, yeah. Uh, Joel Embiid, MVP candidate, man. Go, he's the go. He is goat center. I I read I read a stat yesterday. There's been four centers in the NBA all time to average 26 points and 10 rebounds. Wilt Chamberlain, Elvin Hayes, Anthony Davis, which is surprising, and Joel Embiid. And the big man in Philly, bud. So yeah, the he he he's playing great. As usual, uh, they won Wednesday night against the Clippers in LA, and they uh, beat the Lakers by one on Sunday. So uh, that's great, and uh, their their um, their road stretch. I think they have two more games than that. So if they could lock down and win those two games, they'll be at thirty wins already, which is great for being five hundred. A month and a half ago, mm-hmm. that's so twenty-eight and sixteen right now. So yeah, they're they're in a good spot. They're playing good. They got they got Maxi back. They're healthy. Tobias Harris has actually been playing pretty well recently. Last night uh, against the Clippers, he had twenty-six and six. Yeah, that's so, what we need from Tobias. Tobias yeah. has been that kind of guy, like that. I haven't been like I I like Tobias just because of his personality and stuff. But, like, we paid him a lot of money. And, 40 mil is a lot. And he hasn't played to that money at all. No. And so, like, if he could start putting up some nice numbers, you know, a, a run to the finals isn't out of the picture here. Uh-huh. Yeah, but we paid, we paid Tobias to... Harris like he was Jimmy Butler. We yeah. paid over Jimmy Butler in the – 2019 What I think is crazy is the stats that Embiid's putting up. He scored 30 in his last 10 out of 11 games. He has 35 points in 15 games this season. And he's also 8-0 in Crypto Arena against the Lakers and uh, Clippers. 
You know, I so think the also guy Mm-hmm. Something that's going on in the NBA that I've been noticing. I don't know if you guys can like help me out here, but um, the trend this year is score a lot of points. So like Jason oh, yeah. Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, like Joel Embiid, these guys have been putting up Luca. Also, um, these guys have been putting up uh-huh. 40, 50 point games. I was looking at a. Uh, a uh, stat. This is the most forty-point games, forty-plus, um, in a, like I believe ever in a, the first half of the season. It's the most fifty-point games ever in the first half of the season, and on top of that, we can add a seventy-one-point uh, performance from Donovan Mitchell. Like, this season has been insane for scoring. Is there something, like, I'm missing that last year didn't have? I just think it's a high-scoring league now, man. Honestly, the, like, guys like John Morant, Luca, like you said, Tatum, they're just – that's just the type of dudes they are, you know what I mean? That's what what their teams brought them in for is to score a ton of points, and that's what they're doing. I think a lot of it comes down to officiating – We've seen in the past couple of years, they've made rules where it makes defending these players even harder every year. Like you can't, you can pretty much can't touch them, or else it's a foul. So that's why you see Joel Embiid shooting 11, 12 free throws a game, and the the clock stopped. You're getting free points. It happens to every team. That, that's why. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely the high scoring league. Yeah, 130 to 140 point games. Hmm. I'm surprised none of you guys mentioned that the Sixers are what 16 and 4 in their last 20. Yeah. Something like that. And that's really good, honestly, man. I mean, they're averaging 120 points a game. That's I think maybe third or fourth in the league. Um, they're 49% from the field. That's ninth. They're 32 point or 39 pretty much percent from the three, which is six, which is pretty good considering Joel Embiid is putting up most of the points. I mean, he's a center. So, um, yeah, man, and James Harden was saying, too, that the Sixers give him the best chance to win a title. So we'll see what happens in the future. I'm excited with seeing how the Sixers are playing. But I said it last week. I'll say it again. Doc Rivers concerns me. I've always – I've never been sold on Doc Rivers, and I know Bubbles isn't either. And I just want to talk about that a little bit. These, what do you think about Doc Rivers, man? Is he going to be in Philly next year or what? There's been talks about him leaving for a while. What did you say? He should have been gone last year. I think so too. Yeah, you like like uh, Lori said. You guys know my opinion on Doc. Um, Notorious for choking in playoffs. That's something that. You can't really shake. That's what a lot of coaches get fired for is if you continuously get to the playoffs, that doesn't secure your job. And for some reason, while Doc has been in Philly, it's been he makes playoffs and they're like, all right, he's he's good for next year. No, no, we need to stop that nonsense. We have a team that can win a championship. And I believe Doc is the only thing that can stand in that way. Now, if Doc makes it to that, to the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever, and chokes it again, I think they're going to keep Doc Rivers again because he made it further into playoffs. They can't. They can't, they can't keep him. I, that's well, unless what I they say, the finals, that's, they can. that's not what the office is going to think. They're not going to think like that, and they haven't thought like that for the past three years. That's true. You know, we've had teams that are supposed – like, I, I get the, you know, some of these years are luck, but I went to a basketball game where the Sixers blew the largest playoff lead in NBA playoff history. And the fact that you don't get fired for that, I don't well, – why? Why don't you get fired for that? Yeah. Well, I, guess, uh, I guess we'll see when the time comes. That's true. It's true. Definitely. Rolling off of that, Cam, do you got anything with the Phillies? Not much. Uh, spring training. Uh, pitchers and catchers report on February 15th. 
that's pretty much about it for them. All right, really so we're going to wrap either. up the Philly pod, episode three of Philadelphia. Stay tuned. We got the fade coming out Friday, I believe. We'll be recording it tomorrow, and the Philly pod shout should be out on Thursday. Thank you all for tuning in. Go Birds! Go Birds.